Good morning, I'm Scott. I'm the Family Disciples Supporter at Eden Dairy, and we're really glad that you can tune in and join us. Um, I miss you all, uh, but it's good that the Lord has given us what it is to communicate and worship together, even when we're separate. Um, as we come to learn from God's Word, let's go to Him and pray. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your Word. We thank you that we can study it together even now. Um, Father, uh, we're so grateful for that. Would you help us um, to learn this morning? Would you help us and teach us by your Holy Spirit to love Jesus more and as a result to live for him? We pray in his name. Amen. We live in a time with some new rules to keep, don't we? We have new laws. Uh, stick to one household, only make essential trips, no public gatherings, uh, only one outdoor session of exercise per day. I'm not going to break that, don't worry. Uh, and apparently, apparently you have to buy all the caster sugar in every single shop in the land because I can't find any anywhere. But we have new laws to keep, don't we? And when you look at a law, when you look at the law in general, you can learn something about the people that that law is given to, as well as the lawgiver. We look at current laws, and we can see that the government, they're concerned. They're concerned about public health. They're concerned about our well-being. They're concerned about our healthcare system. And when we look at a law, we see something about the people that law is given to. We look at these laws, and we see that we need protected we're also reminded with these laws that when the sun comes out, the British public lose their minds. And so we need some common sense in law at this time. Our laws have purpose. And of course, yes, they have their limitations, but they have a purpose. And the same is true for the law of God. It has a purpose. It serves us. It tells us something about ourselves, the recipients of the law. And it tells us something about the lawgiver, our good God. The law has a purpose. Now, you could be forgiven for thinking otherwise at this point in Galatians. Now, over the last number of weeks, you've heard that the law can't save. Paul has been heading this point home. Keeping the rules can't save you. Don't think that ticking all the boxes, it's going to work. It's not. And the Apostle Paul, while he's writing this letter to the Galatians, he can see the question being raised in people's minds. Well, what then is the point in this law? And in verse 19, he moves to address that question. Why the law? Paul asks. And in this little section from verses 19 to 25, we learn what the law does and doesn't do. Or rather, what it doesn't do. And therefore, what it does do. What the law doesn't do. And there's two parts to this. Firstly, the law doesn't stop sin. The law doesn't stop sin. Paul says in verse 19, the law was added because of transgressions. But that doesn't mean that it stops sin. The law was put in place because of sin. But it doesn't stop sin. Actually, the law makes it clear to us what sin is. It shows us what is to be avoided, what is an offence to God. It shows us how to live. But it doesn't stop sin. In Tesco at the minute, there are signs on the floor of each aisle. 
telling you that they're one way. The whole of the shop is a one way system. And these signs on the floor tell you what way you should be going up and down the aisles. And those measures have been put in place because people aren't adhering to social distancing rules. In a sense, these new laws have been put in place because of sin. But that doesn't stop people ignoring the rules and going the wrong way up an aisle. In fact, every time I've been to Tesco in the last few weeks, I have met someone face to face in an aisle that I shouldn't have. Either because they've gone the wrong way down an aisle, or more likely, if I'm honest, because I have. These rules are put in place because of sin, to show us what sin is, but they don't stop sin. No matter how hard we try to keep the law, it can't keep us from sinning. God's law shows us what sin is, but it can't stop us from doing it. In fact, the law of God actually shows us we can't stop sinning. The law can't keep us from sinning, no matter how hard we try to keep it. It can't stop sin. It's there to show us what sin is and it exposes us for what we are. We're sinners. The law can't stop sin. And secondly, the law can't give life. In verses 21 and 22, Paul writes, Is the law then contrary to the promises of God? Certainly not. For if a law had been given that could give life, then righteousness would be indeed by the law. But the scripture imprisoned everything under sin so that the promise by faith in Jesus Christ might be given to those who believe. In other words, if the law and keeping the law and obeying the rules could give us life, then potentially we could be declared righteous through all of that. But Paul says the scripture imprisoned everything under sin. Essentially what he's saying is, well, actually, the law in showing us what sin is and in showing us that we are sinners, well, actually, it's unable to give us life. The law God's good rules can't give life. It can't. Now, it can prevent us from making deathly decisions, that's for sure. An obvious example being, you shall not murder. The law can certainly prevent deathly decisions. But that doesn't mean that it can give life. In fact, in Matthew 5, Jesus is talking about the law. And he says this, Matthew 5, verse 21 to 22. You've heard it said to those of old, you shall not murder, and whoever murders will be liable to judgment. But I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment. Whoever insults his brother will be liable to the council, and whoever says you fool will be liable to the hell of fire. Jesus shows us that the law, in showing us our sin and our sinfulness, well, it shows us that it can't give life. It can't. That's not the law's purpose. And if we think that the law and trying to keep the law will keep us sinless or give us life, 
In other words, if we can think we can earn God's favour by living well, by keeping the rules, by going to church, hey, even streaming services when we can't go to church. If we think we can earn our righteousness by law keeping, we're expecting something of the law that it was never intended to do. If we want rule following to keep us sinless and give us life, we're expecting something of the law that it never intended to do. It's like expecting satisfaction from spinach. Spinach is good for us, absolutely, apparently, but does it bring the satisfaction of steak or cake? Absolutely not, and it's not supposed to. And when we look to the law to give us life, we're setting expectations for it that it was never supposed to reach. In fact, if we think the law will keep us sinless and give us life, we're always going to be anxious. Wondering if we've done enough, panicking if we're doing enough. If we look to the law to keep us sinless and give us life, our view of God will be distant or angry or cruel like a hard taskmaster with a, a cane in his hand. And if we look to the law to keep us sinless and give us life, we'll be enslaved. We'll be captives. That's what verse 22 tells us. We'll be imprisoned with no life and no freedom. The law doesn't keep us from sin. And the law doesn't give us life. So what does it do? I was reading an article in a journal this week uh, looking at people's journey from faith to atheism. A very sad article. But in it, something struck me. One of the participants described uh, the culture in her religious community as always critical and always pushing you to improve. Maybe you know that feeling. I pray that you don't. And she said that her experience of Christianity was this. Whenever you're a Christian... You're basically never good enough for God. Whenever you're a Christian, you're basically never good enough for God, she says. And that's the experience of someone looking to the law for life and for sin prevention. And you know, in a way, that is what the law does tell us. It tells us we're not good enough. But unlike this woman, we're not supposed to come to the conclusion that we can never be good enough for God, and therefore he doesn't exist. Actually, I think we are supposed to, in some degree, share her pain. That we're never going to be good enough for God. But then, instead of looking away from God and to something else, we're supposed to see that God has made a way that we can be good enough for him. He has made a way for us to have a status of perfectly righteous, not by our improvement, but because of Jesus. And so the law isn't so much a destination as it is a road sign. A guardian until Christ came, verse 24. If you've ever been trying to get somewhere that's unfamiliar to you, you don't find a road sign pointing you in the right direction five miles to that town or city and declare, we're here, and get out of the car. 
No, you, you follow where that sign is pointing you to until you reach your destination. And in the same way, the law points us away from ourselves and away from our inability of attaining righteousness by improvement. And it points us to the only source of sin-free, eternal life and complete righteousness, Jesus Christ, who lived perfectly, keeping the law completely, who died on the cross on our behalf and rose again to share his perfection with us. Not if we keep the law, but we can't. But if we trust in him, if we have faith in him and what he has done for us, and he freely offers us life everlasting to the full in all of its richness with him forever. When we look to Jesus for righteousness and life, not to the law, but to Jesus, we no longer have to be anxious about our standing with God. But we can have assurance and confidence and conviction. He's given us his right standing before God. He shares that with us. If we look to Jesus, God is no longer seemingly distant, but he's one who came near. He actually got involved in our mess to make us his. And he dwells in us through his Holy Spirit. And if we look not to the law but to Jesus, we're no longer captives to the law, but we're free to walk in it. We're free to keep God's good rules and enjoy the life that he gives. Don't look to the law for life. Look to the lawgiver. The law is never supposed to be a system for salvation, but it's a path that we can walk in freedom, living for the one who's justified us by faith, who's made us perfect in the eyes of the law and enables us to keep it, forgives us when we don't, and helps us to live lives pleasing to God, living by his good rules that are good for us, so we can glorify him and point others to him. Don't look to the law for life. Look to Jesus. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you are good, that you give us good rules that are good for us, rules that show us our sin, rules that point us to our Saviour, who forgives us our sin, who gives us life and helps us to live for you. Father, would you help us to look to Jesus, we pray in his name. Amen.